From bloated and tired to free and inspired, welcome to Free and Inspired Radio with Philip Watkins, your weekly dose of everything digestion and mental health related. We hope you enjoy this episode. Here is your host, Philip Watkins. Yes, yes. Hi there. Welcome to another episode of Free and Inspired Radio. I'm your host, a naturopathic practitioner, Philip Watkins, and I'm grateful to have you with us today. If you're new to the show, well, the title says it all. It's all about feeling free and inspired and exploring the many different avenues you can take to get there, whether it's deep dives on digestion and mental health solutions or guests who offer their own stories and answers. I hope I can be the type of guide you can rely on to unlock the agency you have to reach your own mental and physical competency. Let's get started with what's coming up on today's episode. Coming up on this week's show. Welcome, welcome. Episode 17 of Free and Inspired Radio. A short break as I was, how do we say this, meeting a new member of the natural world. That's how I'll say it. That, I wonder if that actually means anything, but, 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 but it's very, very good to be back. How are you feeling today? I wonder if you've missed me today. We have a very special episode for episode 17 of Free and Inspired Radio lined up this week as we're offering an exclusive sneak peek into the first ebook on philipwatkins.health. Now, this ebook is around about three weeks away from being published, it's just being formatted and completed. But today, we're going to be going through a sneak peek so that you can get an idea of actually, uh, or at least get an exclusive introduction to what this ebook is about. For now, let's get into it. Can probiotics be beneficial for your brain and mental health? And that's what we're going to be looking at for this episode. So to make it simple, the answer is yes. Probiotics can be beneficial for your brain and mental health. It's essential, though, to understand where the research is at, and that's what we're going to be looking at in this episode and broadly in the ebook that's coming up. Whilst we bring new episodes of, of Freeness by Radio on the brain and gut every week, this ebook and hence this episode has been created especially for those who are interested in improving the connection between the brain and the gut and how the microbiome plays a role. In this episode, we'll introduce the brain and gut connection and the more profound components of uh, the this connection, such as the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, or some of you may know this as the HPA axis. And then we're going to bring it all together in part two and explain how the microbiome influences some of the more common mental health conditions, such as depression. Now, some of you may be asking, I didn't know there was a connection between my brain and the digestive system in the first place. So whether your mental health symptoms make your digestion worse or the other way around, for most, understanding how intimate the connection is between the two systems is an important place to start. And something that we've been trying to explore in the other episodes of Free and Inspired Radio, so check it out if you can. Let's get into a basic introduction if you're new to the brain-gut connection because it's quite important to understand when we're understanding how probiotics may help. So bear with us in this sense because it will build out to help you understand better 
how those probiotics will make a difference. So one of the ways the brain and digestion are connected is actually in a literal sense, the central nervous system situated in the brain and the spinal cord and the enteric nervous system located throughout the digestive system, yes, there's a nervous system in the digestion, allow for a bi-directional communication network between the two systems. So this network is where the digestive system gets the nickname the second brain because there's so much neural activity there. Through this network, the central and enteric nervous systems work together to manage each other's functions, and that's really, really important. And let's look at an example of that. So the central nervous system plays a vital role in monitoring your stomach acid and defecation, or for some, going to the toilet. And a lot of people don't know that some of the centers for stimulating defecation are actually located in the spinal cord. So the enteric nervous system, in control, conversely, uh, plays an equally vital role in managing muscle activity and local blood flow in the small intestine and the colon. So it's not that they're doing separate jobs, but they're working together as a team. And this is why the brain-gut connection is really important because if you're anything like me and you watch way too much football, you'll know that if there's a member or some members of the team that aren't necessarily playing or getting up to the standard that the whole team needs to be at, it kind of falls over pretty quickly. So having each member of the team performing in tandem and in some form of harmony is very, very important. The central and enteric nervous systems provide the network required for the gut and the brain to communicate and for the immune system and the endocrine system, so your hormones to get involved too. The digestive system plays a critical role in protecting our bodies from the outside world and the brain and your hormones combine to assist in this defense. So once again, to better understand how probiotics help your mental health, a small introduction to another critical brain-gut network system is essential. I mentioned the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal or HPA axis before, and not many people know that the HPA axis can negatively affect the digestive and immune systems and play a significant role in how you respond to stress, which is an essential marker in mental health and one that they use in research studies to gain an understanding of predeterminants for things like depression and anxiety. Now, if you're new to the HPA axis, this is the part of the central nervous system that converses with particular hormones to help you to react and to respond to things that are going on in your environment. The majority of the time, the things in the environment are considered to be stresses. So stress in this case, just to define it, is defined as a state of disturbed homeostasis or think balance, disturbed balance that occurs in the case of a real or perceived threat. Now that's an interesting one as well because if you've ever come across a, a very famous book by Bruce Lipton which was a kind of interesting introduction to epigenetics at the time, he talks a lot about how your thoughts can affect your body and a perceived threat could be um, an argument that you're having in the shower. It could be anything like that that can trigger this HPA axis and can trigger your stress response. So the most important player that manages our responses to these stresses that we're talking about is a hormone called cortisol that you may have heard of already. And this hormone has the power to turn your digestion off in the most literal sense. Let me repeat that. Cortisol as a hormone that it manages your responses to stress, can literally turn your digestion off. Now, this inhibition 
occurs because the body needs to react or respond to stress and it considers digestion one of the energy intensive functions of the body where the energy spent can be better used in fighting for survival or at least avoiding the acute stress. So basically the body feels as if that too much energy is being spent as a resource managing the digestive function whilst there are other uh, more pressing needs for that energy. So it triages it over to functions that are more valuable. So this diversion of energy away from the digestion can profoundly affect our digestive systems over time, with stress being one of the key causes of things like irritable bowel syndrome or IBS and gastric ulcers. But the digestion can also affect the response to the, the HPA axis generates. So once again, you see that bi-directional element there. And we've got rats to thank for helping us understand how the gut or the microbiome affects the HBA axis. So listen to this. In a study testing the microbiome's effect on responses to acute stress, germ-free rats, so rats that are bred not to have a microbiome, were found to have cortisol levels almost three times higher than rats who possessed a microbiome. So I'll repeat that. So rats that have been bred not to have a microbiome were found to have cortisol levels almost three times higher than rats who possessed a microbiome. And this study suggests, or at least leads us, to an understanding that the bacteria that make up your microbiome can play a huge role in how you interact with your environment via the HPA axis. Dysfunction of the HPA axis has been linked to things like obsessive-compulsive disorder, panic and melancholic, melancholic disorders, social anxiety, and depression. Good news. This is what we're here for. Probiotics have been found to play a role in the HPA axis, which is great, right? But it isn't so cut and dry just yet. Even the journal I just used to reference the above statement, probiotics have been found to play a role in the HPA axis, was actually from a rat study. And well, if you haven't realized just yet, there's actually a big difference between the way we humans and rats experience the world. Unless you've been in Manhattan for a while and you've seen some of the size of those rats, they are looking very human-like in some cases. Let's take a break. We've talked a lot about, you know, we've kind of introduced probiotics, but we've also now kind of set the scene on how probiotics in the brain may be able to help. And afterwards, we'll be going to go through exactly what you're here for, which is about probiotics and the brain. We'll be back with more on Free and Inspired Radio real shortly. to take a break. Are you enjoying this episode of Free and Inspired Radio? There's no better time to take back your personal health sovereignty. If you want to connect with more Free and Inspired episodes, simply subscribe to your favorite podcast platform or visit the website at www.philipwatkins.health for more information. Let's get back to the show. Yes, yes. Welcome back to episode 17 of Free and Inspired Radio. In this episode, I'm giving you a sneak peek into the forthcoming ebook being published on philipwatkins.health, the title of which is Can Probiotics Help Your Brain and Mental Health? So in part one, we looked at some of the broader details about the brain and stress, such as the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal or HBA axis. And in part two, we're going to get to why you're here. How can probiotics help and what's the evidence around it? 
So look, as always, a quick introduction is always beneficial. So a quick introduction to probiotics if you're new to them, how they work and how they can help the brain. Confirmed in 2014, the definition of a probiotic is as a live microorganism which, when administered in adequate amounts, confer a health benefit on the host. So let's repeat that. The definition of a probiotic is as a live microorganism which, when administered in adequate amounts, confer a health benefit on the host. So notable probiotic strains are species such as uh, Lactobacillus acidophilus, Lactobacillus casei, Lactobacillus plantarum, Lactobacillus rhamnosus, you would have heard of maybe. They all come from the Lactobacillus genera and B. lactis or bifidolactis, bifidolongum, bifidobifidum, derived from the bifidobacterium genera. So they're some of the ones you might see in those common probiotic formulas that you can pick up off the shelf. Probiotics have been found to positively influence the immune, digestive, and female reproductive systems. However, it's important to note that the research into how they do this is still very much evolving. Currently, there are four characteristics that potential probiotic strain must have to be beneficial. And these are the ability to survive the stomach acid and bile through the digestion, so to actually be digested. The ability to take up residence within the lining of the digestive tract, something that helps the immune system defend the body from ingested antigens. Probiotics must have an antimicrobial activity against pathogenic bacteria, and they may must also have an enzyme-based activity within the bile that's secreted from the liver and gallbladder. If you want to know more about bile, I'm doing a full episode on the gallbladder very soon, so hold tight. From here, typical clinical applications of probiotics include the following, prevention or reduction of antibiotic-induced diarrhea, microbiome recovery post-antibiotic use, treatment of infantile diarrhea, that's rotavirus, uh, reduction of lactose intolerance, yep, there's some good studies there, uh, reduction of constipation symptoms through improving motility, which if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you'll know that motility is super important. Enhancement of gastrointestinal and systemic immune systems, which we're going to be looking at also. Inhibition of H. pylori infection and actually reduction of high cholesterol, which is very interesting. That research is needs to be interpreted better, in my opinion, because there's some really great research about LDL cholesterol, but then there isn't. So anyway, that's another, once again, another episode, but anyway, that's quite cool, huh? But you're interested more so in how probiotics may actually help with your mental health. Well, here we are, introducing the term psychobiotics. I feel like every time we find something new that probiotics can help with, there's something, someone kind of eagerly waiting in a marketing room to give the microbes involved a fresh new name. Maybe it's just me. Okay, well, psychobiotics are defined as a group of probiotics that affect the central nervous system and the central nervous-related functions and behaviors mediated by the gut-brain axis that we explored earlier in the episode. Now it kind of helps understand why we went through some of those things. This mediation is via immune, neural, and metabolic pathways that show antidepressant and anxiety-reducing potential. This role for psychobiotics is highly encouraging, considering up to 60% of people living with major depressive disorder, for example, experience some degree of non-response when it comes to the wide range of pharmacological treatments on offer. As mentioned in the introduction here, it's reasonably clear that psychobiotics can help. One meta-analysis where they pull similar studies together to draw 
a broader conclusion, if you're new to the term meta-analysis, found that probiotic supplementation significantly reduced the Hamilton depression rating scale, which is a common scale they use to measure people's depression. Another meta-analysis of a similar kind also found positive effects for those using probiotics with depression scores and anxiety ratings in some cases, while actually improving performance under stress in healthy subjects, which was interesting. Notably, an updated meta-analysis from 2021 has found that the evidence for probiotics and their effectiveness for reducing depression symptoms may be down to reducing inflammation in the brain. So there's neuroinflammation, which we've talked about in some of the other podcasts, and increasing an essential molecule in the brain called brain-derived neurotrophic factor, or BDNF, which you may have also heard of, mainly in connection actually to exercise, in that exercise is a great stimulant for BDNF. And BDNF, if you're new to that, is also, as far as I know, involved in neuroplasticity, which is how you change your brain to a better place, so to speak. So what inspired us to look into probiotics for mental health in the first place? So let's give this a little bit more context. Let's bring it back to the brain-gut axis that we've talked about a few times. You'll remember that this axis is bi-directional, meaning that the traffic travels both from and to each point in the axis. As an example of this, serotonin, the neurotransmitter that's been the focus of antidepressant therapy for decades, is present at both points of this brain-gut axis, not just the brain. And this role for serotonin may be new to you or not, but 95% of the serotonin is secreted in the gut and only 5% in the brain. Let me repeat that. 95% of your serotonin is secreted in the gut and only 5% in the brain. Serotonin's broader role has now driven researchers to investigate how the microbiome, specifically the balance of bacteria in the digestive system, influences how much serotonin reaches the brain. A consequence of serotonin dysfunction within the gut actually results in impairment in brain function, such as the functions involved in mood, sleep, and behavior. So your microbiome can affect mood, sleep, and behavior. That's a pretty broad measure there when it comes to your brain health and mental health. So one of the main ways this occurs is via the microbiome's ability to influence how tryptophan, the component of your dietary protein that gets turned into serotonin, is broken down and transported. A process that can directly limit how much tryptophan the brain can access to make serotonin. Furthermore, people living with diarrhea-based irritable bowel syndrome or IBSD have been found to have higher serotonin levels than normal controls. In contrast, people living with constipation-themed irritable bowel syndrome have been shown to have lower circulating levels of serotonin than normal controls, amplifying the bidirectional nature of the gut-brain axis. So even when you're looking at a digestive issue, the neurotransmitters play a big role or can play a big role. Research has shown that it's not just serotonin under the influence of the gut bacteria, but the composition of the microbiome as a whole that can influence people living with major depressive disorder, which we're using as an example here. Studies have demonstrated that people living with MDD have decreased prebiotic bacteria for Calibacterium and decreased probiotic genera Lactobacillus and Bifidobacteria. So two major, there's three major things there. 
Furthermore, increases in less desirable genera of bacteria such as Clostridium, Streptococcus, Klebsiella, and Alstipes have been found in people with depressive-based conditions, and you can test for all of those too, which is kind of cool. These preliminary studies have paved the way for theories around how correcting the broader distribution of bacteria within the gut can assist people in managing their depressive symptoms, a place to keep watch on as we've yet to see confirmatory studies connecting the microbiome and depression correction. So as I said, this is it's still a very, very exciting avenue of intervention for the future, but for another reason, which is that different probiotics produce neurotransmitters such as GABA, serotonin, and norepinephrine. Yep, lactobacillus has been found to, or lactobacillus species in particular, have been found to create their own versions of gut-derived neurotransmitters. These neurotransmitters can regulate and control blood flow, as well as our favorite gut motility, so the journey of food takes through the digestive system, nutrient absorption, gut-associated immune function, and the microbiome itself. So lactobacillus species have been found to create their own versions of neurotransmitters. How's that for a brain-gut connection? So look, let's look at some of these um, connections. So if you're familiar with GABA, which is the inhibitory neurotransmitter that helps your brain to calm down, you uh, there are probiotics such as lactobacillus brevis, lactobacillus rhamnosus, lactobacillus ruteri, lactobacillus paracaceae, plantarum, bulgaris, they're all connected with creating GABA. Serotonin, lactobacillus plantarum, lactobacillus helveticus have been connected to serotonin. Uh, dopamine, lactobacillus plantarum, lactobacillus helveticus. Uh, there are many, many more, but you'll be amazed at how many probiotics are involved in creating these neurotransmitters. And I think it's very, very exciting in actually seeing whether or not we can find specific patented strains of these probiotics that can really deliver a result that we can rely on at a particular dose over a duration of time. And we're still not there yet, but we're getting close. As always, there are some things to consider before using probiotics to treat yourself. If you've listened to this and you're thinking, hey, I've got some gut issues, but mainly some, some brain issues, mental health kind of stuff, here's some, a few things to consider before jumping onto a probiotic. And look, I'm going to try and do as much content as I can about probiotics because I feel like not all probiotics are made equal and there are some risks in relation to the quality of those probiotics as well. And I think I've often said to patients that the two things you should probably really spend money on are fish oil and probiotics because the process of manufacture for these things are very expensive and the quality control and etc. You can't make these things cheaply. So therefore, anything that's not that cheap, so to speak, as far as they're passing on higher manufacturing costs, kind of reflective of the, the manufacturing process, unfortunately, and that can actually make you worse. But look, another episode there and there'll be some more articles there on philipwatkins.health but look one of the fundamental principles of philipwatkins.health is to present a more reality driven perspective on how you can take some sovereignty when it comes to your digestive and mental health and part of this realistic perspective when using probiotics to treat depressive based conditions is that we're still at a stage where the research is inconclusive I know I feel like a burst of bubble here. We've just spent the last 20 minutes talking about how probiotics can help. But I think it's important to, you know, at the beginning of 2022, 
we're still not there yet. And look, it doesn't mean that we never will be, but we are at a stage where many successful studies have either been done on animals or with people who are using other forms of therapy along with probiotics. So there is some light there. If you're already using some therapy, so an SSRI, for example, or some form of therapy for your uh, depression as an example, but also anxiety as well, maybe probiotics could be a complementary thing to use that won't interact with the, ser- the, the therapy that you're using. And you know that may actually be the first place to start. But an example is, is that there's an excellent study with people using it, the Talipram as an SSRI and a probiotic for an amplified benefit, uh, more so, or a, a benefit that builds on what the citalopram can offer on its own, which is super cool. And this is what it's all about. Complementary medicine, I guess, is a, a term that some practitioners don't necessarily like, but using something to help is fantastic. Other fields of studies that are complementary to probiotic therapy, such as nutritional psychiatry or the dietary's role in mental health, offer us more insights into how diet affects the microbiome's role in brain health as well. So this whole thing has been about probiotics and the microbiome. So don't forget diet in that sense. And over the coming years, I hope to update this episode and this ebook that we're coming out with soon with some newer ways of bringing the brain gut axis closer together with the microbiome to offer more practical tips around how to unlock this axis and make the quality of your day better. So in conclusion, I'd like you to, uh, to would like to say that thinking outside the box, or in this case, the brain should offer new horizons when it comes to helping yourself and your mental health. And I think probiotics are definitely a huge part of that. And this is what it's all about. Mental and digestive health house conditions that appear chronic and complex to treat. But I hope the information in this episode and the forthcoming ebook offers you some new insights to follow up or ask your health practitioner for some more information about uh, and give you some, um, you know, some different looks, in, if you like, on how to uh, merge that bidirectional system between the brain and the gut. Wow. A long episode, this one, almost 25 minutes. If you're still with us, thank you very much. What do you think of all this? We're dealing with a pretty nuanced subject here, hey? but uh, more than anything, I hope this episode has introduced some different concepts once again. Before we finish this episode of Free and Inspired Radio, if you'd love to hear more from me and get the word on new articles, podcast episodes, and everything to do with the brain and the gut jump over the website for the watkins.health and join our community via the newsletter sign up on the homepage. this episode will not actually have a transcript this time around so if you're interested the ebook is currently up to around about 30 references we're keeping a little reference count going um, obviously it's a little longer than normal and there's hence the longer episode here the, um, if you want to get your hands on the ebook before anyone else as a, a trusted listener of Free and Inspired Radio, um, you can go to philipwalkins.health and sign, your, uh, sign up to the email newsletter and you'll get an email with a copy of that earlier than everybody else, hopefully. And um, that would be my pleasure to offer that to you. So look, as always, your reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify help me get the word on the street. So if you're enjoying any of these episodes, please take some time. It does help. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, throw the video a like and subscribe and you'll be able to see when each new podcast is uploaded. 
lots of love out to you. I've uh, been away from you for the last couple of weeks. We're going to be back two weekly. The ship has steadied and I look forward to bringing you actually more about probiotics next week. So we're going to be looking at probiotics and the immune system next week's episode. And I will be very excited to do that because I'm very excited about probiotics and the immune system at the moment. So look, Have a fantastic week wherever you are and thanks for listening to Free and Inspired Radio. Oh my gosh, you made it to the end. This show is all about you and we hope you finished this episode feeling one step closer to feeling free and inspired. We'll be back next week, but if you want to know more about Philip, please catch a digital flight to www.philipwatkins.health for further details about how we might be able to help. In the meantime, have a great morning, afternoon, or evening, and we'll see you for another episode next week.